Well, just made the last trip my mother was going to take to that mine. <laughs> Got plenty of money. All it needs now is a car to get me to the big city. Listen, mister. All I got is the car, the kids, and the wife on my back. Please, what do you say? You want to sell? Well, all right. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a whoop No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Whoa, money! Here we are reviewing a big episode. It's all about gold. It's all about money. And, you know, while we're here, we're going to do a little searching on our own for a couple bucks. Um, Well, well, first of all, my name is Al. Uh, Call me Jim. So, Dan, uh, you take the closet and start searching in there. Okay. That's appropriate for you, Dan. And, Jamie, <laughs> you take the back seat of the car. Hey, Jamie, that's appropriate for you. <laughs> I am Jamie. I've been searching my eyeballs to the bone. Well, we've got to keep on searching. And I'm Dan. The bacon never lies. No, it does not. Ever. I had bacon this morning. I there's nothing in this house, so I've just been drinking Tang. <laughs> fills up my I swear to God, I'm drinking it right now. It fills up my stomach. Well, we are reviewing Route Six Six Six, Part One. Original air date April twenty eighth, nineteen ninety one. This is season five, episode twenty three. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Catherine Green. When Al takes the family on a road trip to a shoe convention in California, the Bundys discover a golden opportunity when their car breaks down in the middle of a ghost town. Ooh. <laughs> Special guest stars, John, Biner, Carmen... San Diego. Philby, <laughs> Owen Bush, Michael Moy makes an appearance, and Buddy Matlock. Uh, we open things up with... Peg and the kids looking around the house for Al's money. Damn, I know that man has money hidden here somewhere. Well, I can't find any, and I searched my eyes to the bone. (laughs) Well, I know it's here somewhere. There's really no real reason that she knows it's there, but like Dan said, the bacon never lies. I mean, Peg has weird ways of just knowing, but she knew... In the episode Father Load 2. And it's really weird because there's a really, really reminiscent scene where, you know, they all go searching. Bud was down in the basement searching for Al's money in that episode. And he comes up and Peg says, did you find anything? He's like, no. Then he turns around and walks up the stairs and in the back of his pants sticking out. At this time, he even put a shirt over it back then. Was a penthouse magazine. Yep. Bud, you were downstairs for two hours. Didn't you find anything? Absolutely nothing. Hmm? (laughs) I I brought these down with me. So this time, it's obvious that there's something under his shirt, and Kelly lifts it, and there's three Playboys under his shirt. (laughs) When Bud lifts up his shirt and hands over the Playboys to Peg, the issues he hands her appear to be from February 1989, January 91, and February 91. One of the Playboy issues, the one with the red cover, is the February 91 issue, which features Pamela Anderson on the cover. She would appear in the next episode. Which is really just part two of this one. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so those are the Playboys. If any, I remember I used to collect all the Playboys or penthouses that were on this show. I kind of stopped doing that because then... Uh, was that your excuse, though? No, they're, they're, it's because it was all married with children. Yeah, it's research. <laughs> I have to see what they were really reading that day. <laughs> no, I still have my Branny Brant Miss October 
on above my bar in my man cave. So that will always be there. And nobody seems to question it. Like nobody thinks I'm pervy or anything. It's nobody weird. understands where it's from and they're just like, oh, cool. Like that's to- totally Alex. They, I, I don't understand. <laughs> her, her mom has not taken issue with it. Her dad's not saying it. My parents haven't said anything. They're, they're talking about you behind your back. Yeah, they're like, what is that all about? Who frames Playboys? I wouldn't think there was anything pervy about it, but I'm the one who pays for the subscription around here, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that doesn't help me. So, you know, this is called Route 666, so what do we have about the title of this episode? The title of this episode is a play on the historical U.S. Route 66, which runs from Chicago to Santa Monica, California, and the number 666, often referred to as the number of the beast. Although there is an actual Route 666, it only runs through Utah. Excuse me. It only runs through Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. And as of 2003, has been renamed to Route 491. What? Oh, Really? Wow. I think it's funny, too, that uh, Route 666 leads them to Lucifer, Mm -hmm. New Mexico. Is it New Mexico or California? No, New Mexico, Mexico, yeah. Is there a real Lucifer in New Mexico? (laughs) Now, I know he has hidden money. I got a sign from above. This morning, the bacon strips on my Grand Slam breakfast were in the shape of dollar signs. (laughs) You had a Grand Slam breakfast. Oh. Well, didn't I take you two with me? (laughs) Well, I know. I just ordered things I knew you'd like. Did I have the sausage? (laughs) A double order. (laughs) Okay, kids, let's go back to work. I know he has money here somewhere. Now, who wants to check his underwear drawer? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll check his underwear. After all, he has only one pair. (laughs) Now, bud, you take the closet. Appropriate for you, bud. And Kelly, honey, you take the back seat of the car. Appropriate for you, Kelly. All right. Whoa, money! And he hid his money in a box in this laundry basket on that desk behind the couch. And there's cobwebs. Looks like a horror movie. There's cobwebs that says, please do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I, can I interject with something? There is a Lucifer in New Mexico. Really? Yes. Wow. There is. Hold on. It is says... it populated by six people? <laughs> <laughs> Most of them named Zeke? <laughs> um, it, New Mexico to southeastern Arizona. Yep. Now, <clears throat> so Al's hidden that money in the box and then in a sock. So nobody was going to go near there. <laughs> Pretty crafty, hiding it in the one place that even mom has always feared to trade. <laughs> it's not what you think. Oh, then you're not going to go somewhere without us? Well, then it is what you think. <laughs> but son, I'm going to a shoe convention. <laughs> I thought after your failed beer-induced shoe d'etat back in 87, you were barred from the conventions for life. <laughs> I was, but Jim Thompson wasn't, and that's my new name. Uh, Dad. Call me Jim. Yet in season three's The Dateless Amigo, he did go to a shoe convention to show off his shoe light, which would have been around 1989, two years after his supposed ban for life. Ah, gotcha. We all know the shoe lights episode. No, Kelly, don't walk in the fountain. <laughs> I saw somebody on New Year's Eve uh, walking with shoe lights. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was the coolest thing ever. I was like, really? They were lighting up just when you were walking, just like the old days. I was like, yes. Wow. I see kids with those all the time. Really? But they're also, they've also now, they have shoe lights for, for joggers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Al wasn't so stupid. We have people who, and you just attach them to your shoes for, you know, when you're jogging at night or whatever. We have so many people who walk their dogs and jog and stuff at night around here. And our neighborhood has no street lights. Mm. Zero. Yeah. So it is pitch black. Mm -hmm. And you'll just, you'll be outside and you'll just see these two lights just 
running down the street. It's so it's really <laughs> weird because you can't see what's attached to them. You just see lights coming at you. <laughs> you think Route 666 is scary, folks. Try going down James Road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie's Road is scarier than that. <laughs> well, uh, so Al says he changed his name to Jim Thompson. I don't know if really this has anything to do with anything, but uh, the only Jim Thompson I could find is uh, a guy who was an American businessman who helped revitalize the Thai silk industry in the 50s and 60s. And at the time of his disappearance, he was one of the most famous Americans living in Asia. So I guess he disappeared on March 26, 1967, at age 61. So maybe Al figured if he disappeared, he could just make like, well, here I am. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not Al Bunny. I'm that guy who disappeared. I thought he would have used, like, Jefferson's name or something. <clears throat> yeah, right? Why Why a guy who disappeared somewhere? <laughs> he uses an alias for this and yet goes into the same store, which his face is plastered on the wall. <laughs> yeah, don't give this man, uh, don't use the checks by this man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jim. Surely even a dull man has asked himself, why would anyone want to go to a shoe convention? Stay on the cutting edge of the shoe business, son. To exchange shoe information. To find out new shoe technology. (laughs) To bounce shoe groupies on my knee. (laughs) And more importantly, and this is something you must never, ever tell your mother, this year, it's in L.A. L.A.? Home of Hollywood sunshine and... Huge man-made hooters? (laughs) (laughs) And let's not forget their world-famous shoe store. (laughs) Oh, and what about the city's culture? (laughs) You know, let Spud know that he's more into the... It's in L.A. He's into fake hooters. Yeah, Long Island. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Great line. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Remember, you must not utter a word. To any member of the family. I swear, Dad. When do we leave? We, son? No, I... I seek fun, I go alone. <laughs> now remember, son. You're the man of the house now. And remember, silence for the brotherhood of men. Mom, tell right. Dad's money's been spending without us! <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! The bacon never lies. Yes, he's going to L.A. L.A.? We're going to Long Island? (laughs) So, silence for the brotherhood of men. Nope. Uh, Not if Bud's not going. Sorry, Al. It's, uh, you know, I I, uh, understand where you're going with that, but you're not going to get someone to co-sign that when they're going to be left at home and you're going to have a good time. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I think is odd about that? Hmm. It seems to me that Bud would have threatened to tell right, and given Al the opportunity to, to invite him. Just like, you know, you do the thing right. where you pretend like you're going to yell like, ma, and then I would give I would give him the opportunity to invite me before I invited the whole family because you'd have more, much more fun if it was just the two of you. I can't believe that Al thought he would be silent when you're not even going to take him. Right. And, and and let's face it. I mean, he said he's going there for this reason or that reason. But really, it's to get rid of, to get away from his family. Right. You know, right. and they, like if Al was smart, he would have been like, uh, yeah, sure, bud, you can go. Go upstairs and pack up your bag. Right. and then We're going to head out of here. Don't tell the women now. And then as soon Take as Bud off. goes upstairs, yeah, yep, right <laughs> out the driveway. Yeah. But no, he didn't do it. No, honey, it's Los Angeles. We're going to No, you're not. I'm going alone. Well, can we drop in on Hef? No. Can we go to Garfield's house? No. Oh, well, can I buy a broad Fredericks of Hollywood? Hell no. <laughs> now hear me, all of you. I'm going alone. You can scream, you can cry. Peg, you can threaten me with sex. <laughs> You're not going. I, Jim Thompson, have spoken. <laughs> 99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 bottles of beer, you take one down, you pass it around, 99 bottles of beer. Beautiful country, isn't it? So we get a car trip, uh, we get tons of bad singing and littering. <laughs> they just constantly eat fast food. <laughs> At least they're eating, though, I mean. It... 
Right. Yeah, probably more than they've eaten in years or at home. Except Peg. She had that Grand Slam breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where did that come from? <laughs> the, the Bundys are so shady. She always does that. <laughs> Al fell asleep at the wheel. That was great. <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> right off the road. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I love stuff like that. Yeah. They went to Lucifer, New Mexico. They didn't really want to go there, but... Are we alive? Yeah, what do I know? Last thing I know, we're on Route 666, and now we got a broken axle in our car. Nice driving, pumpkin. It was not my fault. I saw a sign that said dip, so naturally I looked at Bud. Uh. <laughs> the next thing I knew, we were airborne. Look, Al. Seems like we happened upon a shoe salesman convention after all. Uh, uh, let me handle this. Days over 100 degrees last year, 365. That's all of them. Thanks, Al. <laughs> they arrive at this place <laughs> with a bunch of uh, human cartoon characters uh, known as codgers. <laughs> uh, I love how there's a skeleton of a dead body that they just walk over and the, it looks like the guy was trying to pump water before, while he died or something. Maybe he didn't have $5 for a bottle opener. Yeah, no. That's why I was trying to pump the water. I guess they don't want to risk Al falling asleep again, so they let Kelly drive, but that really didn't work out. Right. So what do you guys think of the set here? You got dirt and sand and some plants and this this like general store. You got Chief Woodenhead on the, on the front porch. You got all these old guys. You got a puddle of spit. On the ground, <laughs> you got the backdrop, which is like a matte painting. Yeah. So, what do you think, though? Because it's a TV sitcom, and it still has to be in front of a live audience. So, I think they, they really, I, I don't find myself being distracted by it very often. I, I think it's good. No, I do. I agree. I mean, you know, it's uh, actually I think it's a very fun set. You know, and the fact that it looks like a set just makes it because I think it definitely it's obvious that it's a set but i think that that makes it more fun i enjoy it yeah it's not distracting though and the lighting is good for it yeah uh, like a bunch of uh rednecks and yeah <laughs> yeah they really dress it up nice right no it was good uh it was a lot of fun it's always fun to um you know like we talked about the um the supermarket mm -hmm. and how 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 cool of a set that was and this is obviously outside and and i thought that um yeah, I thought it was perfect. I, I always like it when TV shows do that. And like you said, with like the general store and everything, it was that was a good set piece. So mm -hmm. they really didn't need that much, though. You know, no. they needed that, and they needed they, they needed the people, right. the, the the rednecks, the hicks, and uh, and that's all they needed. It was perfect. Yeah, and like we always say, two parters have better sets too. Right. That's true. Yeah, I kept waiting for Papa Jupiter to come out of somewhere. <laughs> Papa Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, when they came walking up, I mean, he said they had a broken axle. The first thing I thought of was uh, "Hills Have Eyes." Oh yeah, yeah right. Yeah, they're lucky they only met these codgers. <laughs> so, in uh, part two of this, there's another entire set too. Believe it or not, so they actually doubled down. I mean, they they. There's still a little bit, I guess, from where we are here, and then uh, they get to a whole other area. So, I, I just don't get the whole placement of episodes here because, you know, you got a season finale, and I'm not saying Buck and getting dogs pregnant is not a great season finale, but I mean, why wouldn't you better shop around a big two-parter to, to cap off a great season five, or even this? to cap, you know, a big two-parter just to end things, but instead they have two two-parters back-to-back, then just a single random episode to end season five. Oh, it's weird. Yeah. I'd like to know when that last episode was filmed, because I was just thinking in my head, because of the back-to-back two-parters, um, maybe they were saving those, or maybe they just had, um, you know, they shot that towards the end, so they were just like, oh, we got we got this money now. We better use it before the season's over. I don't know how things work. That's just a theory in my head. Yeah, they could have budgeted well and then said, well, we have some money to throw around. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the Chief Woodenhead on the porch, if anyone wants to know why we care about that, just watch Creepshow 2. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> the first segment. It's one of the greatest things ever because the characters in it. It's Sam White Moon. Uh, excuse me, six twos. Uh, you know where I can get a car fixed? Gas station, I reckon. <laughs> Is there one around here? Oh, yeah. You just can't see it for the hurly burly of the traffic, but it's right across the street. <laughs> hey, why don't you do the talking? They speak your language. They're like your relatives. Look, gentlemen, there is a cool 25 cents in it for you if you can haul our car to a station. Well, normally it'd be $400. But we'll do it for 200 if you let us take our picture with you, leopard woman. <laughs> oh, well. The rubes think I'm sexy. <laughs> yeah, I would too, Peg, if I drank whiskey for breakfast. So do you guys know what a rube is, like, technically? I know it's an insult, but... No, never heard of it. I, um, I actually... I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know where it comes from or what, you know, typically refers to like a hick or, yeah, I mean, I, I think Rube, I think hick. Mm. So, but I don't know the origin of it. Yeah, it's like a country bumpkin. <laughs> but do we know where the, um, where the term itself comes from? Rube showed up around the turn of the 19th century as a slur for a gullible country boy. Its origin is similar to that of hick. Both are diminutive forms of names that were associated with country folk at the time. Oh, I get it. Okay. Rube for Reuben. Hick is short for Richard? Uh, like Dick. Hick and Dick, yeah. <laughs> They're both short for Richard. These uh, codgers think that Peg is really sexy. You would too if you drank whiskey for breakfast. Well, I happen to, so I do think she's quite attractive. <laughs> Have you ever done that? <laughs> I used to I used to drink I used to wake up in the middle of the night when I peed and do a couple shots so I could wake up drunk. <laughs> really? No. Oh. No, that's a it's a Homer Simpson joke. <laughs> How much money we got? Cash or in the bank? Neither. Including the traveler's checks? Yes. Five dollars. <laughs> Five dollars? Where'd the rest of my money go? Well, I guess one of us shouldn't have stopped at Oklahoma nude. Oh, pardon me for seeing America. I assume it's a strip club. Like one of those side of the road, you see the billboards for 30 miles. Oh, right, right, right. Well, it's no nudie bar. <laughs> <clears throat> I guess he went there even though he was with his wife and kids. That's kind of weird, right? Right. I wonder, did they stay in the car? Did they go inside? <laughs> I guess the only thing left for us to do is to wire Marcy and tell her we need some more money. She may not take too kindly to that, though, since we borrowed her tires late last night while she was sleeping. <laughs> Just tell her the kids are sick and they're near death. Come on. Daddy, we are dying of thirst. Buy some pop. Kelly called the Coca-Cola pop. Yes. I know we've already had this discussion, so... Really briefly again, because we did this a long time ago uh, when it was Jerry and Justin. I think even we all three touched on this. I call it soda. I live in Jersey, so Jersey, New York area, East. They call it soda. Dan, what do you call it? Soda. Oh, man, I'm so happy that you brought this up. I just went to Iowa, and this was a huge topic at the uh, at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And yeah, over there, everybody calls it pop. And yeah, yeah of course, it's like, a very Midwestern thing. Right, yeah, I just thought, like, it sounds so funny, because I kept thinking they were saying pot. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> wow, you guys are selling pot here? <laughs> right, so, but, um, but yeah, no, like, East Coast, like, no, I've never heard it been called pop around here, ever. Ever, no. Ever. Did you yep. say soda? It's a soda, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, in Georgia, it's Coke. Everything's Coke. Yeah, you say, like, everything is Coke. What if it's a slice? Yeah, how do you order a 7-Up or something? Well, first of all, no restaurant in Georgia is going to serve 7-Up. We only have Coke <laughs> products. They're not, they're not going to serve a slice either because it's discontinued. <laughs> oh, no, wait, they brought it back. No, they Never. brought it back. Oh, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> um, 
But if you're in a restaurant, then you have to be specific, obviously. So you say slice. I mean, a Sprite, if you uh, want. Yeah. But if, like, you go to somebody's house, they'll say, you know. You just said you want a Coke? <laughs> and they might bring out gr- orange soda or well, Sprite? And then they'll then they'll they'll say, okay, these are the Cokes I have. You know? Are you like, serious? Yeah. See, I also say tennis shoes. I don't say sneakers. Oh, I hate when people call them tennis shoes. <laughs> when people used to complain about Sons of Anarchy, like, why is Jax wearing tennis shoes? Uh, easy McEnroe. Yeah, he's not wearing tennis shoes. He's wearing <laughs> badass uh, Air Force Ones, bro. <laughs> he's not playing tennis in those. Jerk. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely hate that. Uh, so, so soda is still a nickel there. And this is like, you know, we're in the 90s already, and it's a nickel. <laughs> And Bud's going to steal that nickel. <laughs> yeah. And the bottle opener, these guys rip people off. They say for five bucks, you could have the bottle opener. At least Al keeps it, though. I noticed that after he opens it, yes. he does keep it. So that's. Yeah, I kind of expected them to have a string around it or to basically rent it to him. Right. Like they open it and then give it back the bottle to you. Honestly, though, you're not getting five dollars out of me for a bottle opener. I will pop that thing open. Oh, there's ways. Of course, I used to do it all the time. I mean, we, we always had bottled Coke when I was growing up, and there wasn't always a bottle opener. Now, honestly, in my house and in my grandparent, like every all my family members, we always had those Coca Cola bottle openers, right, attached to the wall. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I got one of those for beer. But I've popped it open on the on the side of a step. I popped him open. I mean, there's a way to get into a uh, into a bottle. He could have used Peg's mouth. Yo, you ever <laughs> see somebody do it with their eye? With their eye? Yeah, no. with, with like the brim of their eye. Like, no, oh, like they yeah. pop their eyeball out and stick it in the hole? No, 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 no. Just, just, <laughs> just stupid. Um, no, no, I remember this kid did it. I was like in high school and like, he was like literally known as like the crazy guy. And I was like, oh, we're finally partying with this dude. The first thing he does is roll up to me with a beer and opens it with his eye and gives it to me. I was just like, this guy's the coolest. Yeah. You're you're like this. Eyelash. Is it a twist off or a pop top? (laughs) It's a twist off. (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I guess. Well, because if I just don't know how he didn't cut himself. I, I know. I'll, I'll I win. open beer bottles with my forearm, uh, like <laughs> twist offs. You know, so I with your forearm. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> what? Like I put, like I put my forearm, like press my forearm down on top of the bottle and twist. Do you? Okay, what? let me ask you a question. Do you have any beer in the house, Jamie? Uh, uh yeah, we've got some in the fridge, but they're okay. pop tops. Do me a favor. Yeah. Send me a video of this because I can't picture this. Okay. Okay. I would like a Patreon exclusive of this. (laughs) I really do. I have to see this. I'll even pay the $5. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. Yeah, I'll pay the $5. Yeah, it's like $5 to watch it, to watch Jamie open a beer bottle, and then $5 for an opener from these hicks. It's the same price. So Al downs the whole bottle right in front of the kids. I know. Hey, maybe we should offer people bottle openers on Patreon for the five bucks. No. <laughs> you think that'll work? Like an official Married Children podcast bottle opener? I'd buy one. Yeah, I'd buy one. Probably cost, cost us more than $5 to produce. <laughs> I know we'd lose money on that. <laughs> uh, they're, they're waiting for Marcy's money. Peg, you know, like called or did something. To contact Marcy to get the money over here. Al takes his shoes off, and even these guys think Al's feet stink. So that's not good. Yeah, that's bad. So Zeke catches an owl with a a fishing pole. Now, let's start talking about these guys. (laughs) Wait, wait. This is one of the greatest lines I've ever ever heard. (laughs) Catch an owl with a fishing pole. So Zeke catches an owl with a fishing pole. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the... The old guy with the bottle opener in the middle of the people sitting down, he's pretty famous. He's a character actor. His name is Carmen Filpi. He was, uh, most people will know him from Halloween 4, Reverend Jackson Sayer. 
That's mm-hmm. Reverend Sayer? Yeah. <gasps> that was, oh my God. I was like, I know this guy. What Dude, do I know him from? It's not over yet. Oh my God. Wayne's World, he was Old Man Withers. Of course he was. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, if you needed an old guy in the 80s and the 90s, it was this dude. Right. Oh my God, they put Reverend Sayer in here. That is incredible. Everyone knows Pee Wee's Big Adventure, right? <laughs> Remember the homeless guy that he was on the train with and they were singing? No. And then Pee Wee jumps off the train. <laughs> That's him again. Dude, this is blowing my mind. Yeah, 103 acting credits. Wow. What's his name? Carmen Philpy. He was born March 22nd, 1923, died at the age of 80 on May 9th, 2003. Wow. Yeah, so <clears throat> he's awesome. Owen Bush, he was in 141 things. He's known for The Last Starfighter, Vanishing Point, The Revere's. And Alfred Hitchcock presents. So uh, he died in June twelfth, two thousand one, at seventy nine. Almost the same thing as the other guy. Mm. <clears throat> and the other guy we're going to get to. I guess I'll just do it now, though. The guy who comes over with, you know, uh, oh, I have too much money already. I have six million dollars. Uh, anybody want to buy this map and all that? That guy, the main guy with the, you know, the big long mustache. His name is John Biner. He has uh, 81 acting credits. He is still alive, and he's known for The Black Cauldron, Transylvania 6-5000, Stroker Ace, and The Ant and the Aardvark. (laughs) This guy was in Garfield and Friends. (laughs) What's her name? Mentions going to Garfield's house. Oh, yeah, nice. (laughs) The Life and Times of the Lasagne Kid. He was in that episode. (laughs) And he was only in this one episode of Married with Children. Oh, he was in Friday 13th, the series, too. Oh, nice. And show co-creator Michael Moy makes an appearance as young Zeke. So it's nice to see him get a little bit part in there. It wasn't the first time. What are you doing around here for fun, ZZ Tops? <laughs> Cut to the guy playing the banjo and watching Kelly dance for them. Even Al's watching her. <laughs> like at that point it's really awkward but then then it kind of gets grounded when Al says okay stop stop okay guys it's going to be another nickel if you want to keep going so once you see that Al sort of just benefiting off of it it's not as weird that he's just sitting there watching along with them you know uh, yeah it's much less weird for him to be pimping out his daughter yeah <laughs> right. it finally became normal right <laughs> well Al already hinted this. Don't you remember what he said with that senator guy or whatever? Remember? He said, go dance for him. Didn't he say something like that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and it it was dancing, yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? (laughs) (laughs) All right, really? Hold it, hold it there, partner. All right, partners, you want to see more? Put another nickel in. (laughs) (laughs) Can we have the little boy stand on his head some more? I can't get enough of that. <laughs> well, the boy's a little dizzy, so uh, I'm going to have to up the price to a dime. Well, but good. <laughs> that was only worth a nickel. But you have the girl there shake her behind again, and we'll call it even. <laughs> Daddy, I have heat probation. So, yeah, Al's pimping his daughter out for nickels and dimes. Uh, That headstand sucked, that bud did. And it it definitely is not worth a dime. It was worth just a nickel. (laughs) So I I do agree with those guys. When is Marcy going to wire us the money? It's been seven hours. Howdy, Zeke. Hi. Hi. Well, just made the last trip I'm ever going to take to that mine. <laughs> Got plenty of money. 
All he needs now is a car to get me to the big city. Hey, six million dollars enough for a good city woman? Barely. <laughs> Ow, I, I got a rock in my shoe. Damn nuggets are everywhere. Hey, that looks like real gold. <laughs> What's it now? Anybody here want to take this here mine off my hands? Daddy, we have a car. Shh, don't look too anxious. Yeah, but Dad, Dad, what if it's a scam? Only one way to find out. So I guess at least they're doing some fact-checking. He holds He's it following in- up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you know, he holds it in front of Peg while she's sleeping, and she seems to smell it or sense it or something, and she wakes up and screams gold. So that's sort of a sure thing because Peg could smell the de- – she could almost smell the denomination of money. Remember when she sniffed the envelope when they went to the beach? <laughs> yeah. Like a bloodhound. <laughs> right. It's, it's amazing. She could actually tell you how much – what it's worth. Right. Go! <laughs> Listen, mister. All I got is the car, the kids, and the wife on my back. Please, what do you say? You want to sell no, you look like a nice fella. Gold would just ruin your life. And you've already got it all, a wife and kids. You must have more niche. I mean, the place even has a sign on it that says Liar's Corner. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's not shady about this whole entire situation. <laughs> right. Besides, you don't know what gold does to a man's soul. It, it, it turns families into mobs. It, it brings hatred and violence. Turns brother against sister and husband against wife. And then out the best line of the episode, out goes, So it'd be just like my life now, except I have gold in both fists and I'd be saying yippee yippee. <laughs> well, all right. Imagine your life is so bad. All this the guy describes, yeah, so. Yep. <laughs> For you, that's when you have gold. For me, it's Tuesday. <laughs> so Al trades his Dodge to this guy, which is insanely ridiculous since the Dodge hey, becomes... Hey, a Dodge is a good car. Young Zeke ran over his wife in a Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> so it's effective. <laughs> it really is, even with 7 million miles on it. <laughs> and that's funny because that becomes an episode on its own when Al's car hits a million miles and stuff, so... The, it couldn't have been at seven, so Peg is obviously just being a jerk. Come on, kids, let's pick some gold. Yes. No, wait, 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 son. You need mules and and picks and guns for bandits and a horse. Well, you're gonna need supplies, and it's gonna take money. Uh oh, it's Marcy getting out of her cab. Uh. Kids cripple up. I'll die. <laughs> so Peg apparently lied about how bad off they all were. Oh, Peg. Peggy, we came as fast as we could. Are the children all right? Gee, I thought you were going to wire the money. <laughs> well, we decided we should come in case you needed help. Yeah, but you did bring the money, didn't you? Oh, yes, yes, it's right here. Oh, my God. Poor Al. Look, he's decomposing already. <laughs> for for television show purposes, they show up. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, people do that. They'd really drive across country to... See, I didn't buy that at all. I'm like, what are they really? They drive all the way there. Like, no, they wouldn't. Like, and I know that, like, there's this love-hate thing where, like, yeah, Marcy hates the Bundys very much. And probably Jefferson from the last, you know, couple Oh, of Jefferson episodes. should hate Al at this point, but somehow he doesn't. I don't know. They, they both really should. But then there's instances like this where it's just like, why would they go out there? That's ridiculous. Like, I just didn't get it. Right. Well... I guess the only way to buy this is that she said Al died. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like, well, it's just Peggy and the kids, you know, mm-hmm. and their car is totaled. Like, yeah, I guess I guess I'd go out there, you <laughs> know, because Marcy seems to always like Peg, no matter like what any of their antics get them involved or jobs they cost them or anything like they st- they still seem to always like Peg. He's alive. It's a miracle. No, no. A miracle would be like like finding a rock shaped like Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> and it's like, and even Jefferson, if you look at him after that, you just stare at him. 
even he is embarrassed to have said the line, and he wants to, like, crawl into a hole and die. Right? right? Like, was that not the lamest joke ever? Right. Like, Ricky Schroeder, uh, he was known at the time for being in uh, Silver Spoons. but And that's a show that Ron Levitt and Michael Moy also uh, developed. I right. did not know that. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I guess that's why they mentioned it. He was my crush when I was a little kid. Yeah? Yeah, man. Like, one of my first TV crushes. Let me look at him when he was young. Right behind John from Chips. That was my very first. <laughs> oh, that kid. Yeah, I know him. He's 48 now, Ricky Schroeder. That he is. On NYPD Blue. Finding a rock shape like him, I don't know. It's, it's just a very <laughs> dumb joke. I just don't understand why. So let's talk about the whole... I mean, I think it's just funny and just a... I mean, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll edit that out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can think it's dumb. It doesn't matter. Uh, you just like it because he liked him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Want to represent the Marrow Children podcast? Go to tpublic.com, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Just go to the search bar and type in Married With Children Podcast. They have everything you need to rep your favorite podcast, tank tops, long sleeve shirts, baseball t-shirts, crew necks, hoodies. They even have these in kid sizes, phone cases for all different styles and sizes, laptop kits, stickers, wall art, notebooks. Mugs, pillows, tote bags, travel mugs, you name it. They got it all, guys. And for great prices, go to tpublic.com for all your Married with Children podcast representational needs. Let's talk about the gold situation in this episode. So this is all based off the California gold rush. Now, what do we know about that? Well, it started in 1848, but the peak was in 1849, which is why Gold Rush people are called 49ers. I love gold. um, It's, I mean, it changed the country a lot. Uh, About 300,000 people moved to California because of the Gold Rush. And if it, I mean, in 1850, that's why California became a state. And it was, it was huge. I mean, it was that's why, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you had such an influx of people, and then of course you had commerce and and towns. I mean, populations of towns just boomed. Uh, it was it was insane, you know. Even though most of the people that moved out there didn't make hardly any money at all, you know, the merchants made a lot of money, and the suppliers made a lot of money from selling those supplies. But so it's basically what happened here is what mostly went on during that time. Yeah, I mean, uh, majority of people who moved out, I mean, think of it, 300,000 people roughly moved out there. So right. so it, it might be like 50 million. I don't know. There was a lot of money that was actually pumped into the economy because of gold. I mean, actual gold that was found. Right. So some people did get rich and some people just made a little bit. But the majority of people just made a little bit or even lost money. <laughs> by really? being out there. And that's like anything else in right. their get-rich-quick scheme, which is what... I mean, because you had people who just threw everything away, went out there, devoted their entire life to this, spent their entire life mining for gold or panning for gold, like in the rivers, right? and getting nothing out of it. But that was their obsession. Right. So... And I'm you know, sure it, there it, was uh, I'm sure there was a lot of people drinking other people's milkshakes, so Oh yeah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Anybody? Come on. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. You have to be more specific. No country for old men, never mind. Oh, oh I watched that, goodness. but oh my God, how does yeah. that relate to the uh, gold though? It's it's oil, but it's the same idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there were so many changes. I mean, this really helped shape the western end of the country. I mean, pretty much it did shape it. It gave people a reason to move out, and then it led to railroads. Like, we would not 
We wouldn't have the San Francisco 49ers if it wasn't for them. Well, that's right. Kind of makes you want to like them, huh, Dan? You wouldn't have taxes. No, me neither. So only a minority of miners made money from this thing, and it was more common for people to get wealthy by providing these idiots with overpriced food, supplies, and services. So if you ever see pictures of these people back in the day mining for gold, check their back pockets for bottle openers. Because <laughs> they they are just like Al. Isn't it amazing though what the the links that people will go to to attempt to get rich? Oh yeah. With as much, and then they end up putting in so much effort into this obsession that they have mm-hmm. and get nothing out of it. Well, that's what we're doing right now. And that's what happened with our Patreon. Oh, man. Oh, man. You just enlightened my entire podcast. What have I been doing? A solid decade of my life is gone. Wait, hold on, Jamie. Open this for me. (laughs) A decade? That's all it's been. Seems like longer. A decade of our life, and we have $64. Oh, my God. Well, that really worked out. I guess we can't make fun of these people. Uh, so, so let's get to how dare Peg lie. You mean to tell me your kids aren't even hurt? Uh, well, growing up like this, you can't exactly say we're healthy. Uh, go play with the Zeeks, kids. How dare you call us and tell us Al was killed? The whole neighborhood was dancing and singing, Ding Dong, the Shoe Man's Dead. (laughs) It's a cruel hoax, Peggy. Why would you do such a thing? Why? Why? For gold. Look, Marcy, a gold nugget. Oh, don't tell me you fools have gold fever. It's the 1990s, for God's sake. What kind of idiot still gets gold fever in this day and age? gold nugget jefferson takes it <laughs> walks away and just seconds later he's dripping with gold fever gold fever now gold fever is that like did people that's just like an expression that they got all crazy about it i mean nobody really I assume. yeah yeah nobody actually the only gold fever i know is the gold fever sauce that i get on my chicken at the 99 oh is it good Oh, my God. It's so good. It's, like, ridiculous. Like, I get extra on the side, too, because I'm extra greedy like these people. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Oh, it's the most amazing thing ever. All right, Zeke. Keep your pants on. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. With Jefferson dripping like this, I'm not trying to give away anything. I mean, everybody should have seen both parts of this. But I feel like there's, like, a deceiving whole thing here because there's only one explanation for it though so this could be true so between jefferson sweating peg's reaction to the gold this is real gold right so this guy zeke gives away a real gold nugget every time he pulls this scam now you would think so is it really worth to to give 125 dollars worth of gold just to get these other things every time you do it but 17 ounces of gold is worth $1,245. So I don't know how many ounces are in a nugget or what that particular nugget was or whatever, but if the two people who would know more than anything about it verified it as real, how could this guy possibly afford to give away one of those to get the sales of picks and horses and uh, you know, and everything else he does? I just can't imagine that this is a, a worthwhile trade-off. So, to sum it up, Jefferson and Peg just have no idea what they're talking about, even though their characters would imply they would. Mm. So, Jefferson says he'll take care of the money for the supplies and everything. So, first he, you know, to build into this, he buys a soda, and the guy waves the bottle opener in front of him. He pulls one out of his own back pocket. (laughs) (laughs) So, it already seems like he's more on top of things than Al, you know? But like we said, Al still has his, so he would have... Let him use it, I'm sure. How many more are there up there like this? Well, there's enough to keep you and your little fella here. (laughs) It'll be 
baseball cards for the rest of his life. <laughs> so now he's implying that that's a, a small boy, I think. I am his wife. Oh. <laughs> well, if I'm going to go to the big city, I guess I better get liberal. <laughs> he's He's thinking it's like gay pedophile marriage like what exactly is the implication here is that what he's basically thinking yeah i don't know about that one uh yeah well yeah gay i guess i I don't know if that if at that point he still thought it was a child but maybe he did (laughs) right how much you asking for your prospecting equipment well two hundred dollars and the little lady's bracelet oh it's my mother's bracelet. Done. Done. <laughs> Marcy says she can't part with that bracelet because that's her mother's. Now, we all know she hates her mother. She even said, God, I hate my mother. So I don't know why she's all, you know, sentimental about it. Right. One thing is when the old guy puts his hand when he's talking to him about the baseball cards and Marcy tells him to get his lice-ridden hand off her, Festus. That was a reference to uh, the character Festus from Gunsmoke. I'm sure other, I'm sure there are people out there going, "Why didn't you mention that?" Um, <laughs> so, and then there's some people like me who sitting there like, "What's Gunsmoke?" Well, some of us are old. <laughs> hey, I've watched a ton of Gunsmoke, and um, my cat Fester, which obviously is from the Adams family, though, whenever I take him to the vet back home. You call him Festus. When I would, the vet always called him Festus. And I was like, no, Fester. Wrong show. But <laughs> I never corrected him. I just let him do it. He's like, oh, Festus from Gunsmoke. I'm like, no. Yeah, you just roll your eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's Yes, Festus. I named my cat after a drunk deputy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. We're rich. <laughs> You're half rich. We got the map. You got the supplies. That means... Uh, we're partners, huh? Partners? Partners. partners. <laughs> well, it looks like the Bundys and the Darcys are off to Venthar Hills to search for gold. Will Al strike it rich and finally be able to afford his own bathroom with toilet paper as soft as a mother's kiss? <laughs> So at the end of the show, the voiceover asks if Al will finally be able to afford his own bathroom with toilet paper as soft as a mother's kiss. Yet he built and has had his own bathroom back in season three's A Dump of My Own, the one he built in the garage. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it, I don't even I don't even think that's a good line anyway. Like, that's all you came up with. Will Al be able to afford his own bathroom? Like, that's all you could think of? Well, especially when I and I thought the same thing when I was when watching the episode was he already has his own bathroom. And it was recently mentioned when Peg did the whole, you know, she took the whole designing class, you know. So how do you expect us to forget that so quickly? Right. I mean, put a little put a little effort into it. <laughs> right. Will Peggy strike it rich and be able to get her own platinum credit card carried in the loincloth of a Nubian god? Will Jefferson dump Marcy and elope with his nugget? Will Marcy ever be able to detach young Zeke's hound dog from her leg? Will Kelly trade all her gold nuggets for a shiny new nickel? Will Bud steal her nickel? (laughs) Will anyone find out Buck had all his friends over while he had the house to himself and partied till he puked? We'll find out next week on Married with Children. No, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app, 
go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. How many orders of sausage are you ordering for your Grand Slam (laughs) breakfast at Kippy's for this episode? Out of five, Dan. (laughs) Um... I give this uh, four sausage links out of five. Um, I really like this episode. It was fun. I, like we said earlier, I like the sets. Um, some of the jokes were were fire. I loved them. Um, it's not it's not like in the upper echelon of my favorite episodes, but it's it's definitely it's definitely like a contender for sure. Probably like top ten episodes um, of the season, mm-hmm. maybe. Right, the season's so good, it's hard to say that off the top of your head here. Four out of five, yeah, it was great. And it was also, um, I noticed when I was watching it, it went by very quickly. Like, this episode was over before I knew it. It just, the pacing of it was just really good, and they spent a little bit of time in the house in the beginning, then they go to the set, and they spend the duration there, and it just went by really quick, and it just seemed like a really fun episode, and I was genuinely excited when the narrator came on uh, at the end uh, to, you know, segue into part two. So, yeah, four out of five. Cool. Jamie, how many sausage orders are you ordering? on your Grand Slam breakfast out of five for this episode? Uh, I'm going to... I'm pretty hungry this morning, so I think I'm going to order five. Jamie wants all the sausage. Jamie is in heaven. (laughs) She just gave three episodes in a row a five out of five. Wow. I'm having a very good time this season. I really am. Wow. It's a fun season. Yeah, it's known as... The, I mean, five, you know, five, four, five, three, even. This is known as like the peak of things. So yeah, it's it's falling right in line. It really is. Mm-hmm. I'm giving this. I'm ordering uh, for Kelly. Oh yeah, we're all ordering these for Kelly, by the way, so she can get really <laughs> excited. <laughs> I'm gonna order four and a half sausage links for my Grand Slam breakfast out of five. This is just a really great episode. I love the atmosphere. I love the tone of it. The guys, I thought I was really going to hate them when they were like screwing people over with the bottle opener and stuff, but I really don't get irritated by them too much. Um, They're more just fun for me. I like the whole situation. I like the beginning, the way Al hid the money, the way Bud exposed it, their trip down there why they're abandoned there, uh, the name of the place. It's all just great. Um, the whole situation, like, it's so bizarre that a family in the 90s is having gold fever. I mean, it, literally, it was it was <laughs> over 100 years ago that this happened. Right. I'm glad that you said that, too, because, like, the, the premises of all these episodes now, like, I love how... The, the Bundys and Married with Children as a show is so established now to where you can do stuff like this. Like, it literally makes no sense anymore. Right. Some of these some of these plots, like, you just can't make sense of. <laughs> but they're fun, and I think that's the point. And they can veer off and basically do whatever they want. And and that's, like, a very liberating thing for a TV show, too. Oh, yeah. um, to feel like they can go that far out of bounds and um, still have it a cohesive story, mm-hmm. and they can always just reel it back in, and it doesn't have any lasting effects on the show. <laughs> it's just fun, you know? And it's just, um, I wouldn't want them to do the same stuff and you know, in the house. And more. like, this is exactly what I would hope for. Uh, a show to do is right. to is to go into these uh, fun places and have these fun episodes. So yeah, and they kind of sneaked it in on us, right? Like this just happened, right? You know, like we're watching a pretty grounded show, and then like little by little, I think they kind of they kind of did this to us with like those episodes where Al's trying to kill the rabbit and stuff like that. You know, in the garden. Yeah. When you slip those types of shows here and there, you you almost you just open up these avenues to do almost anything and this kind of proves it Mm -hmm. that they could do that no one feels like it's 
too far from what we like. No one feels anything. You know, you still got all your characters. They're all still doing what they do, what we love. Right. And it's it's cool. Yep. So, yep. So tune in next week as we review the second half of Route 666. The California coast will have to wait when, stranded in a ghost town, the Bundys and the Darcys catch gold fever and become wary mining partners. <laughs>